I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with one of the greats, not just as interior decorator, but as a person, a human being, incredibly talented and so versatile. I wanted to share his story with you. This is Alex Papa Christidis. <laughs> I first met Alex in 2019, I think. To be completely frank with you, my years have started to mix and mingle together. It's like something crazy has happened over the last two years. Can't say what it is. I mean, I can, but I'm tired of it, so I won't. I met Alex at the La Cienega Design Quarters Legends event. I spent a week interviewing creatives who crafted windows, uh, street side, in the quarter, and Alex was one of my favorites. If you do a modicum of research on Alex, you will find a deeply creative and complex interior decorator who knows the historical importance of the materials with which he works and the meaning behind each design story he creates for his clients. Papa Christidis is versatile as well. It takes a special person who can appear on both the Today Show, and This Old House, and be equally compelling. Alex is an author and perpetually included on just about any who's who design list. Alex is also a dog person and sits on the board of directors of ARF Hamptons, which is also one of the reasons I find him so special. This is Alex Papa Christidis. For well over a year now, you have been hearing incredible conversations, interviews, and panels with amazing creative talent as part of our Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. It has been and continues to be an absolute joy working with the entire team at Thermosol from the top down. This multi-generational family business has been producing the gold standard in steam generators, saunas, steam showers, and steam shower accessories for decades. Thermosol is the original steam shower with technology that is state-of-the-art, made and manufactured in the United States. The company's history with steam showers started by David Altman in 1958. Murray Altman acquired Thermosol's steam bath division in 1989, and the company is now led by Mitch Altman from their world-class production facility in Round Rock, Texas. The most successful designers and architects are using steam showers to maximize wellness, relaxation, and enjoyment for their clients. Thermosol is a staunch advocate for the design trade, and I am so proud to have them as a presenting partner of Convo by Design and the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. If not familiar with the entire range of Thermosol products, please check out thermosol.com. Alex, it's so great to talk to you. The 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 last time, well, the first and last time that you and I actually met in person was at Legends. What was that, like three years ago? Gosh, I think it's more than that. Four years ago. I think, I think at least, right? Because I don't think I've been to Legends. Well, remember, we lost two years with, with, with COVID, yeah. right? Pretty yeah. much. And I think things, things sort of, I don't think I've been to Legends in a little while. Yeah, I, I don't I, have the best sense of time. So yeah, I think it was it, sure. it was three or four years ago, and I absolutely loved it. You and I had a chance to talk a little bit on La Cienega. Had I done Boulevard. a window, Josh? Had I done a window? Yeah. Which window was it? Do you remember? I was don't. It Venice, but, was it? it I, yes, I think it was that Benison window. You know what I'm going to do? That was the last one I did. 
And and by the way, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and I'm going to find my images from that window. And uh, for those who are listening, you can go to the show notes and click on the link. Uh, I actually have a video with you too. Go, go to the show notes if you're listening and uh, click on the uh, the link to Alex's window. It was absolutely spectacular. There's a I couple- love that little window. I love that I, little. It, it was an ode to Jeffrey Benison. I remember. Well, because you know, Josh, I'm so inspired by the history of decorating and of sort of you know great legendary decorators. And it was the window of Benison, and I, or it was Claremont, and they carry Benison in, in L.A. And I just, I don't know. I thought it was, you know, he's just such a great decorator, and I loved him. So I sort of did my version of 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 using his fabric and sort of his style of decorating with my touch. Yeah, and it, it, two things. It's funny because I haven't looked at this in years, years, Alex. And two things still strike like they were yesterday: chinoiserie and the lions. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, I got to go to pick from all the wonderful local LA dealers and the antique shops, and yeah, and uh, so I found wonderful things that were locally sourced in LA. So I love that. <laughs> It's funny, too, because um, that's one of the things that I have so missed over the last couple of years. The other thing that that really stood out to me um, and one of the things I was excited to to sort of reconnect with you about was since that conversation um, or since that event, rather, uh, Bunny Williams was was there and you you had asked her a question about Parrish Hadley that uh, that has since stuck with me you were asking her about her experience with with sister parish and something that you had heard in the past and she and i have since had a conversation to to sort of explore this further about what she learned about the business that she loved but most importantly what what she didn't want in her own firm and i kind of wanted to circle back with that same idea with you you know parsons school of design the new school and the lessons that you've learned specifically as it relates to you have such a well-defined sense of style. You're, you're not just a creative, but you're also a historian and you kind of, you, you weave and you blend and you mold these things into your design, kind of like what you were just saying. Have you always been like that? Well, you know, I guess it's, 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 um, I guess it's a little different for me because I never worked for anybody. Right, Josh? So I've never worked for another decorator. So I guess my style is sort of my own style, but with a sense of history. And so maybe history is a little more important to me because that's how I learned to decorate. Does that make sense? It does. So I didn't learn from a a Mark Hampton or 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 David Easton. I didn't learn from those people because I didn't work for them. Now, you know, am I inspired by their decorating, you know, by, by, by all sort of great decorators? Yes, but I tend to be inspired from decorators before that. I sort of, I'm, I'm, you know, well, also I'm, I'm such a Francophile. So the French decorators are probably, you know, my big, you know, the Henri Samuels and the, you know, Jean-Sen and, and pretty much everybody who worked there, you know, Stéphane Boudin. But then, of course, I'm also inspired by Renzo Mangiardino because I love that kind of, you know, I love layered decorating. And I think that that, that was sort of at its best in, you know, the way that I liked it most in the, you know, 50s and 60s and, and, and that kind of 
divine decorating that, that still feels fresh and a little bit modern and the way they would use, you know, art, mirrors and, 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 and sort of even contemporary elements, even Valerian Rybar, the way they did things that were so classic but modern but had this kind of edge to them. So, you know, I guess it, I guess that's how I've been influenced, really, and why history is so important to me because I've always been on my own. It's really interesting to hear you say that, too, because as a historian... I've never thought of it before, Josh. Just talking to you now is how I came <laughs> up with that, really. It's the truth. I've never really sort of sat and thought that through. But when you said about Bunny and working for Sister Parish, I thought to myself, well, I really never worked for anybody. So what is it that is my influences? And it's history. And that's probably why history is so important to me. And because of that, you know, you are, you are, a, you are a maximalist. You are a maximalist, maximalist. I mean, you and and I am and I'm not. It depends on the project and who it is. You know how I say I am a maximalist in that it's about layering. And even if it's contemporary, I like objects and art. And even if it's clean, I still like stuff. Yes, I like things. I like beautiful things. I do. I, I can't help myself. I love beautiful things. And, and my I, clients do too. Yeah, no, I get that. But I, you know what I, th I find really interesting too, Alex, about that is, and saying that you are a maximalist is, it's not to pigeonhole you stylistically because look, every great designer, every great decorator of, of which you are in that category for sure, you you don't have a specific style. It's it's funny when I first started doing this podcast, what almost nine years ago. Right. It's Alex. It's a little embarrassing. I, I leave a lot of those old episodes up there for people to hear, and it's still embarrassing to me. I used to ask Why? this. Well, I'll tell you. I used to ask this question, and it's not a stupid question, but it's pedestrian. And it would I would ask designers or architects, "What is your?" What is your signature style? You know, because I, I, at the time, I always felt, well, that's getting to the essence of and what I a designer really, I, I really... think that's a good question. I don't think there's anything wrong with that question. I think that, you know, you don't want a pat answer and you want somebody to really think about it. But, I mean, I, I, I definitely... It's, you're saying, what are your big influences? Like, what no, but here's your the biggest th influence? And really, for me, I can tell you, my biggest influence is classicism. You know? My biggest influence is the 18th century and how the proportion and scale is. And that, to me, is sort of the benchmark of how, every, even if it's contemporary, whatever it is, it's about scale and proportion from the 18th century because nobody had it better than that for me. Well, so it, and it doesn't I, matter and about the piece of furniture per se. It matters about how it all works together and the proportion and scale of things. And I think that's the key to it. And, and like I said, it wasn't a stupid question, but it was a pedestrian question. And the reason why is because the greatest decorators, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what you like. Uh, it, honestly, it doesn't matter what your favorite style is. You are working for the client. Now, if you're designing your, your or decorating your own home, and we are going to talk about that, by the way, then obviously it matters. But I think the skill and this, this true superpower of a, of a decorator like you is... You have the ability to talk to your clients 
And you will have a fingerprint, a through line that runs through all of your work. But now you get to talk to them and find out what it is that they like. And then the art really happens where you you take your knowledge, your love of history and your love of things and stuff and craft it to mold their their own personality and their own desires. And I, I think that really I feel that really is a superpower. It's collaboratory, of course, and you know, as I always say, it's very important. Clients feel ownership to their homes. I think it's a much more successful relationship. I think it's. I think it. It's. There's no surprises. I like that people relate to where they live in a personal sense. That they feel that they are involved. I think it. It. It, it creates a better project. It also. It's more interesting for me. Because I like that it's different. Because everybody's got a slightly different point of view and a different sensibility and a different way of living and, and different needs. And everybody's different. And I like that it keeps it keeps it interesting for me as well, Josh. Do you know what I'm saying? It it makes it exciting. And everybody collects different things and has different interests. That being said, because travel has been so severely restricted for the for the last two years. And it's funny because I, I actually look forward to the day when we're not talking about this anymore. But for now, it, it's it, how has that affected you? The fact that, you know, something I always feel like when something is taken away, something that someone truly loves is taken away from them. When it's given back, they have a new appreciation for it. And so it's sort of two parts to this to this question is how has that affected you? And how has that affected the manner in which you work with your clients, if at all? I mean, that, that, that we couldn't travel? Well, basically, <laughs> things shut down for a while anyway, right? And, you know, I, I think we're very blessed to live in a city like New York where everything comes to us, you know, that there's that. And I think also, you know, sort of threefold, we, everybody really became such auction shoppers and auctions are happening all over the world constantly. And we shopped that way during COVID. And I think that, you know, nowadays you have, you have the online pictures and then we reach out to the auction houses and ask for photographs of the things taken by, you know, somebody who works at Sotheby's or Christie's or Doyle or wherever they are so that we can see what it really looks like in its not most glamorous moment where it's, you know, lit perfectly and perfectly photographed. And we always get condition reports so we understand how things are and what condition they are. But again, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I had a lovely experience being in the Hamptons and not traveling for a little while. We travel so much and we're constantly traveling. I liked being home. I liked now, being in, in 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 our beautiful house and just 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 enjoying that, and yes, I love travel and it's so important. And we, the moment we could, we we traveled a lot and we traveled fiercely. And you know, we'd been on two big European trips, and you know, I I, I didn't feel so badly affected by not traveling for the time that I didn't travel. It, it, it didn't bother me at all, really, Josh. And again, because I feel like I had the opportunity to see things from all over the country, all over the world from auction houses, and it wasn't, you know, also sadly, so many of the stores that we love to shop in the antique shops all over the world and the country have are no longer in existence. So auction is really 
major way of shopping today for antiques and vintage well, things. And, well, and I wanted to ask you about that too. Vintage antiques, collectibles of, of that nature. It's really interesting because in the States, for, for the most part, the U.S. has been fairly well-picked. Um, I think I think Europe has been well-picked to some degree. And in 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 conjunction with that, you have the fact that that a lot of a lot of the the galleries and antique stores, like you said, are no longer there. It, it, how is that affecting the market for products that that you're looking for that you're trying to find? It's tougher. It's it's tougher. It's it's tougher, and it's a shorter window. You have to show your clients the things that are coming and often you can't see the things in person. So that's, you know, a little frustrating. Um, and, and, and sometimes, you know, the auctions previews up for, for, for five days and, you know, the client happens not to be in town. So, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's tricky. I mean, it is tricky. It's not the days where, you know, you, you walk, go all over New York and send, you know, beautiful things from 10 different shops in the city and, and they're there and you look at them in person or the client, you go around town picking antiques or vintage things. You know, there, there are still stores, but there's less of them. And so you don't have the range that you used to have. So yeah, I mean, it, it definitely complicates the business, but you know, I'm kind of getting, you know, you get used to everything, you know, you deal with situations. You don't have a choice, Josh. So you, you make it work. Has that changed the the way that you that the way that you look, the way that you specify, the way that you find? Whereas maybe in the past you would have said, you know, I have to find this particular chair and it's got to be perfect. Whereas now maybe you find something that isn't perfect, but you get a chance to put your your stamp on it by having it reupholstered, by having it. Truth be known, truth be truth be known, I I, I I would have done that anyway, Josh. But but what I do, it it still has to be perfect. But the point is that, you know, what I'll, I'll tend to do is if I do see, you know, a beautiful pair of chairs in Paris and there isn't the time to make the decision of who they go to, and, you know, I always like a, a beautiful bergère, I, I'll just buy them myself. And then when the opportunity comes and the client needs them, I'll sell them to the right client. So, you know, you have to sort of and, 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 you know, throughout history, everybody's done this. I mean, Mario did it. Parrish Hadley did it. You know, a lot of the great decorating firms did that. They bought things that, that were beautiful, and they resold them to clients. And I think, you know, we're doing that more than we used to because there just isn't the time to show people. And, and, and people don't always understand from pictures. It's, it's hard to understand the whole scheme of the, the project. So... If I find a beautiful set of dining room chairs and I don't know who it's going to, but, you know, it's hard to find a big set of dining room chairs that's stylish and different, I'll buy them and, and, and hold on to them until I need them. I think that that is uncommon. I, I think it's something that has been common in the past. I, I think over the years, you know, we have all gotten so used to instant gratification you find something, you buy it, it's delivered, you get it to the client. I think that the there is a there is a lost art of finding things that you just know are are beautiful and perfect and will you will find the right project for 
that piece, I, I think that that is a lost art. And in large part too, because, you know, decorators, designers don't necessarily all have uh, places to store all the material. Right. Well, there, yeah, there, I mean, there is that. And I, I, I'm not such a big believer in storage, but, but as we said, as it, as it gets more and more, have to come up with new ways. So, no, and again, I, I never, you know, I'm not a person of trends and just because other people are doing things or not doing things, I never really care. I do what works for my business and what makes sense for my clients. And, and also, I guess, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's something we've been doing and it, and it, and it works for us right now. I, I don't love the idea of storage and I totally agree with you, but harder and harder to find things. You are listening to my chat with interior decorator Alex Papacristides. We will return to that in just a moment. I know you love talking about great partnerships the same way I do. Let me tell you about an incredible design partner who is working with us on the Convo by Design Remote Design House Tulsa project, Franz Wigner. A company created in 1899 in Attendorn, Germany. They started manufacturing brass beer taps in 1921, the company expanded to Buenos Aires, manufacturing brass faucetry. The company launched in the U.S. in 1992, and Franz Wigner Premium Collection began in 2008. Franz Wigner crafts high-quality premium faucets with the objective to create a design-oriented luxury product that exceeds the standards set by world-class designers and architects. Pretty heady stuff, and they do it. If you see a Franz Wigner faucet, it is stunning. You use Franz Wigner faucets and they perform flawlessly. Product you can depend on after over 120 years designing a truly stunning faucet line. For more information and to check out the entire line of faucets, visit franzwigner.com. So I'm going to spell it for you, right? <laughs> F-R-A-N-Z-V-I-E-G-E-N-E-R.com. Thank you, Franz Wigner. Ah, I, I love what you guys do. Now, back to my conversation with Alex Papacristides. I, I just, I think it's interesting because I wanted to sort of transition into, I got some images from your, your office that I wanted to talk about your work. And, and by the way, I fully understand for those who are listening, this is a podcast. We've done this before. You guys know how to do this. Go to the show notes, click on the links and follow along with the projects while we talk about them. Alex, I, the first one I wanted to ask you about is the, the library. And is, is this your home? This is your personal library. Yes. It's, it's all very sort of colorful with an ECAT sofa and, and reds and purples and yeah. And we live in that room. I mean, we just live in that room. I mean, it's where we watch TV. It, it's where my partner Scott, you know, spends a lot of time. We just love that room. It's very cozy and inviting and and it feels divine in the daytime, and it feels you know lush and cozy at night. I and it's very collected. Again, you know, I've got all my books there, and 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 all kinds of just personal things that you know we've traveled and bought. You know, that little bought there's a little painting I bought in Portobello Road in London, and then then a, there's a, a bronze deer that I bought in Hudson, and then there's you know, a beautiful 
little 18th century bird that I bought in Paris. And, you know, so it's, 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 it's filled with memories and memorabilia and things from our life and our travels together. And again, it, it, it's sort of, our home is very much a history of our lives. And I love one of my, one of my favorite hobbies, and I guess you could call it a hobby. It, it certainly is, is to, is to look and evaluate how designers design for themselves. I'm fascinated by that. And when I look at this room, I, I, I'm not taking the test, but I feel like if somebody had shown me this picture and said, who does this room remind you of, you would have been the number one name I would have, I would have said this, this room says Alex Papacristides. Well, I guess it's a very personal, you know, I, I, I'll never forget when I was scheming our apartment, you know, we, we, we were, I was scheming the kids in the office and everybody who worked here was like looking at these. God, I mean, these are like, there's a lot going on here and it's very strong. And then when it all came together, you know, because I am in my own decorating and, and, and our apartments, I'm fearless. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not scared of color and I'm not scared of print and I'm not scared of... So, you know, but it's so cozy and people love to come to our apartment. And, and it's, you know, I, I was at the apartment today, you know, Scott, my partner's in um, handbag business and you know, shows out of our house, but we, we have an apartment across the hall that we're in the process of decorating as a guest apartment, and it's going to be his showroom, and a client came over this morning, and, you know, we got a new puppy named Cooper, because our Yorkie Teddy passed away. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Our 18-year-old Yorkie passed away nine months ago, and we just got a new puppy, so whenever people come over, they're always like, oh my God, you know, if they follow us on Instagram, they're like, oh my God, can, can I see the puppy, and the puppy comes to work with me. Anyway, to make a long story short, and this lovely lady came over today who had never met, and she just walked in the apartment, she was like, wow. You know, it's, it's, a, it's full of atmosphere, <laughs> Josh. It's just, it's, it's, a very, it's a very personal, layered, collected space that's just, it's just very, it's unique and very personal. And I think that's what I encourage my clients to do in their own sensibility and their own version of it. You know, I love the wow factor that, that you walk into a house and it feels like wonderful and different. And even if it's all white and gray and cream, whatever it is, I like that there should be a wow factor when you come to people. I want to back up a second because I, there's sort of this, this idea too, you talk about fearless and you really are as highly collected as your spaces are. And you still go out and you get a puppy. Puppies chew, puppies go on the rug, puppies live. And I think that that's kind of the essence of, of, of your particular, what's, what's so cool about it is you're, you're like living it. It's, it's supposed oh to be God. lived in. Totally. I am totally from that. I, I, I tell clients it's called a living room because you're meant to live in it. You are meant to use your house. I hate the idea. You know, I think I, I think sometimes, you know, I don't know, a while ago, I guess growing up, people, you know, you'd go to, you'd go to your friends' houses and you'd walk through the house and some of the rooms would feel like, you know, you'd, people didn't go in them. I, I hate that feeling. I mean, I sit every morning 
I sit in my dining room, I have a cup of coffee, I look at my books, I sort of sit and in, and, and enjoy the view and hang out in my dining room. Then, you know, when I come home or if, if, if on a weekend, uh, there's a chair I sit in in my living room all the time and I make phone calls and I hang out in my living room. Got together, we're in the library watching TV and hanging out. You know, often if I if you know I'm on the phone and Scott is in the the, the library watching TV, I have a wonderful big bergere in my bedroom that was my mother's, and I'll go and sit in that chair and put my feet up on a gilded rope stool and chat with a friend on the on my cell phone. So you know, we use our house. We use every bit of space in our house. We use every room in our house. It's 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 what a you know a house feels sad to me when it's unused, Josh. It just it doesn't feel warm. A house has to be lived in. I think that's a that's an incredible lesson. I will ask though: has has Cooper gnawed on a tassel or a chair leg or gone well, on the rug? He does, and I have to watch him. And you know what? I'm I, I, I he does. He I mean he does stuff. He hasn't done anything that needs repair yet. How's that? And I'm very conscious of giving him chew toys all the time. And I watch him a lot. And I even keep him on a leash sometimes in the house so that I know what he's doing. But sure, I mean, he's a puppy. He does stuff. It's okay, though. I mean, it's part of life. You know, it's just, it's part of life. I mean, Things have to be reupholstered sometimes. Things have to be repaired. Things break. I mean, stuff happens. You know, we're just very organized in my office that we basically have somebody who can repair or fix anything that happens. <laughs> and, and in our country house, too, you know, stuff happens. We have great spot cleaners and we have great, you know, oh, look, I mean, I don't know if you, you I don't know if everybody knows what gofranche velvet is, but what it is is it's, it's this process of heat pressing velvet to put a pattern on it. And it's something that I love because you can sort of create your own fabric by taking different designs and heat pressing them onto different colors of velvet and different things. So it can almost be unique to you and uh Rockinier does it for us and 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 so does Claremont two places do it for us. Anyway, I have we have a chair in our living room that is um it is gofranche velvet and it's the chair that i sit in all the time and i myself you know i was drinking a bottle of water one day and i was on the phone and it slipped and i spilt water all over the chair and what water does is it takes the pattern off you know the chair needed to be reupholstered because there was like a big sort of blotch of empty print you know i've lived there for eight years no i've lived there for now 10 years and yeah, it happened once and I had to reupholster the chair. But you know, you make mistakes yourself. Stuff happens. Other than that, that you know, it's been perfect. You know, our library sofa got a lot of use. We've reupholstered our cushions on our library sofa already, you know, once since we've lived in the apartment. I mean stuff gets worn, it gets used. You know, some of it's fine and it, it adds patina to the house, but when it starts to rip and it looks horrible, then you have to change it. But but a house needs to be lived in, and things can be fixed. And really, I mean, they last a long time, even with constant wear and use. Good quality fabrics and good quality things, you know, they get used and they get enjoyed, and, and that's okay. Let's actually change change rooms and go to your living room so we can talk through this. So which which chairs 
Are we talking about that? So you have the sofa? I don't think you can see. I don't think you can see it in the picture that you had. It's a blue gaufrage. It's, okay. It's this wonderful chair that I bought probably, I would say probably 15 years ago. I bought it in Hudson, Park, and it's a 19th century. Um, it's a Louis Philippe upholstered chair. Bought it in Hudson. Actually brought it to my upholsterer copied it because I just loved the shape of the chair. I sort of tweaked it a little bit, made it my own and opened it up and changed the arms. But just, I love the idea of sort of 19th century upholstery because the scale of the, the proportions are so beautiful and that they're not so heavy and the arms weren't too chunky. And it's actually a big little chair. I don't think you can see it. In that I, I think I do. I think I do have an it's image a blue with chair. it. It sort of has a wonderfully shaped back. Yeah. Yeah. High back. Tassels at uh-huh. fr- fr- okay, so the bottom, the fringe at the that's bottom. The chair that, that I spilled the water. Yes, that's <laughs> the chair that I spilled the water on, and I had to redo. But you know, I've redone it once in, in 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 years, and I sit in that chair every day. So, you know, stuff happens. It definitely happens, but it's pretty rare that it happens, even by like a lot of use. Tell me about the floors in your living room. Well, I love stenciled floors. It's it's something that we they're do. gorgeous. I, I've worked with 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 the same man who's done this for me for probably twenty seven, twenty eight years, Andy Holland, and we we've done these stenciled floors. And I sort of take the designs in our living room. It's parquet of Versailles, so I have this thing that I sort of do wherein I take stone floors like Roman or Grecian, or you know, stone floors from great English country houses, and I turn them into wood stencils. And I sort of take these classical designs and blow up the scale and tweak the proportions and change them and use them as sort of a you know, a backdrop for my decoration. And I love them because I love the mix of sort of organic and geometry. And I just like the feeling of that. And sometimes it's great just not to have carpet in your living room, Josh, mm. you know, especially with the Chinese wallpaper on the walls, which makes the room very cozy. It has always been a dream of mine to have Chinese wallpaper in the living room ever since I saw that Jane Weitzman Palm Beach living room that was actually, it was actually Mona von Bismarck's before it was Jane Weitzman's. It was that house and it was decorated by Siri Mon the first time with antique Chinese wallpaper and then the Weitzman's kept it. But I've always loved the idea and I've always wanted Chinese wallpaper in the living room. So I designed that and came up with that Chinese wallpaper and chose all the clothes and what everybody's wearing and the types of animals. Anyway, and I loved that. And so that was opulent and busy enough. I felt like we didn't want a carpet in the room. We didn't want a patterned carpet. And I find sisal, you know, splinters. And I had sisal in my old apartment, in our old house. And I just felt like, mm, no. And also sisal's terrible with the dogs and staining. So... I just, I left the floors in the living room and dining room and wouldn't did these pattern stencils that are just great. You know, they're wonderful because you wipe them down. And again, it's very handy with a new puppy when he has an accident on the wood floor and you can just wash it. I, I absolutely love it. And and as I look at this room, I just want to sort of circle back to the idea of maximalism. I, I think there's a, there's a misconception about maximalism, that maximalism is just all about more, more, more. And it's not. I feel like it's more about a a higher level of curation, a higher level of of collection with more things. Is is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. You know, a hundred percent. And it's 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 also it's about the 
about the scale and it's about, you know, the focus of the collection and, and, and what you're doing. You know, our, I want, our living room is also about the idea that if we had a buffet in our apartment or if we had a big cocktail party, there's plenty of places for people to stay. You know, I like that in interiors that there are lots of little chairs and there's benches that you can pull up and you can turn chairs around. That furniture has a sort of evolution depending on what's going on in the house, that how you use it and how it works depending on your entertaining and your spaces. So, you know, I guess I put a, I put a, a good amount of furniture in the room to give you variety and choices of how to use the room. And I think that's very important. You know, I love the idea of hospitality and entertaining. It's very important to me. And, you know, that's why my partner, Lisa McCarthy, we did Everyday Elegance, a tabletop business, because we both love the feeling of, of hosting and having people for dinner. And and so, you know, I like that rooms work in different ways. I like that there's choices of places to sit and you can move furniture around. And so, yeah, there, there is a lot of furniture. There, there's a lot of furniture in, in the country, and there's a lot of furniture in the city. But then there's also the problem that, you know, I'm out there shopping for other people all the time, so I fall in love with things and buy them for ourselves. That's why we're also doing the apartment across the hall as a guest apartment to help sort of take some of the stuff out of our apartment because you, you can't get a little overshopped. And right now, I think I'm a little overshopped in our own apartment. <laughs> well, I, Hard to resist. It is hard to resist. Well, I, I and I wanted, and now I understand how you think about it so much better. I wanted to to transition to another room in your in your own home, and that is your your master bedroom. I, I think this is a perfect example of of what you're talking about about the traveling and the collecting and and the layering. So I used I found that paper years ago, ten years ago at Stark, and I had never seen it anywhere. And I guess. Since then, that paper's just really, everybody's loved that paper. It's Swedish. And I guess it, it, it feels a bit like a tapestry, and tapestries are so in fashion now, and we're all using tapestries in different ways, and tapestries have come so, you know, full circle, and people love them. I love, well, first of all, I'm obsessed with, with, with blue and green and sort of a turquoise. I love those colors. I'm by nature, I'm very blue and green in terms of my decorating. And I, I love the way the French throw in a bit of turquoise. So I love that. So that room is just, you know, I love that room. It's it's very dynamic. I never get sick of it. Neither of us ever get sick of it. Um, I had this beautiful uh, desk that I'd bought years ago from Yale Burge that's actually turquoise and green wood stained in turquoise and green. It's a French desk. It's in the bedroom. Again, I just love that idea of the green and turquoise, and that's how the wallpaper came about. And then I designed one of my carpets from Langhorn. I custom-made in, in the brown and the two shades of green. Yeah, it's 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 very layered, but it's very cozy. And get sick of that room, Josh. I just don't get sick of that room. Tell me about the animal. I don't, I don't tire of it. Sorry. Tell me about the animal print chair. For for whom was that chair purchased? That was Teddy. That's how he gets up and down on the furniture. So, <laughs> so you know, you always have to. Well, you you don't want these little guys to throw out their backs because these little dogs have tendencies of hurting their backs or hurting their legs. 
And so, you know, the miniature furniture helps them to get up and down. And of course, you know, there's that hideous commercial with the with the fuzzy steps that you can put by your bed. Well, that wasn't happening in our house. So I decided to to sort of use miniature furniture and bed steps um, for the dogs to access the beds and to get up and down on the furniture so they wouldn't hurt their backs. And, you know, it's just a great little way. I can't tell you how many people love that idea of, of using small furniture for the dogs to, you know, hop and skip and get up and down. I think it's I think it's genius. One of the other things that I really wanted to ask you about, the first thing that I really noticed in this space after after I really looked, I must have looked at this picture for 30 minutes, just looking at everything and taking it all in. One of the things that I was I was really sort of enamored by is I, I love the wallpaper and, you know, hearing you describe the wallpaper and, and putting that special nature to it, you've never seen it before, yet it doesn't stop you from putting nail holes in it and hanging something on the wall because it's supposed to be lived in. And that's how you wanted it. That's how it makes your, your space comfortable. And I feel like some things are viewed as, gosh, it's so valuable. You can't, you can't poke a nail hole in it and hang something on it because it's it's but then wallpaper. You shouldn't have it, Josh. But then you shouldn't have it, Josh. You know that that's you know that that's not what decorating is really about to me. Look, of course, if you live if you're buying Marie Antoinette's bed, ah, you should be careful. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean that's a different type of investment. But when we're buying and decorating and living in houses, you should use things. You should enjoy them. You should you should make them work for you and, 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 and how you want to live. And you shouldn't be afraid because something is expensive to use it or not. I mean, that's just crazy. Now that, that Then don't buy it. If you're afraid to use it, don't buy it. You shouldn't have it in your house. Put it in a museum. You know, your house is not a museum. It's a home. And it's meant to be used and lived in. And... and and I feel it, it, it's the way it should be to me. I, I can't even think of it any other way. And I feel though, it's, it's just so, so interesting because you have this dichotomy, you have the two sides of it's, it's luxurious. And so because it's luxurious and because it's expensive, it needs to be handled with kid gloves on the other side of it is this is what you want. This is your home. Use it because well, I mean, that's what it's for. You have to pay attention, Josh. I mean, of course, you know, look, eat in our bedroom. You know what I mean? I'm not like, you know, you have to be careful. I mean, you know, you have to pay attention to things and there needs to be a level of maintenance and, 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 and you can't, yes, you have to respect, but, but again, you know, you should respect your things. It's a privilege to own beautiful things. And whether it's your clothes or your home or whatever it is, you know, we're careful with our things. We pay attention but we still live in our spaces. I think, you know, you, you don't, you don't, it's wasteful to be sloppy and messy and not pay attention to, you know, beautiful things, but, but, but at the same time, there needs to be a level of enjoyment and, and using beautiful things. Otherwise, what's the point of them being there? Just to look at? I don't think that makes any sense. Not in your home. You want to look at beautiful things that 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 you don't use, then you go to a museum. 
and, and I, I, I don't think we don't create museums for our clients to live in. We create homes for them to enjoy. The last room I want to explore with you, because I think it's so interesting, and I and I wanted this to follow your bedroom, is the TV room in the Hamptons. Because the color palette is so muted. There is no blue. There are no greens except for the fern. But the idea is is there. It's still, it's so comfortable. It's and and I, I think it's interesting too that it's titled a TV room, but the images that I'm looking at, I don't see the TV. I, I know it's there. It's on the other wall and it's huge. You don't see the TV when you walk in the room because I don't I didn't want that to be. But so, you know. And we again, it's a room we live in. Like I find that the country is a little different from the city. You know, I feel like, the, the, and I mean, it's the beach. It's not really the country, but trees and nature. And you know, I'm a city kid, so you know, where there's trees and nature, it's all country to me. But it, it, you know, it's about being outside as well, Josh. So the decorating is. The whole house is sort of in neutral tones of beige and pale colors in some of the bedrooms, aquas and light blues and a little belladon upstairs as you go into the bedrooms in the house. But the downstairs is predominantly taupes and creams and beiges and browns and neutral colors. Um, but there is a lot of layering and texturing. You know, that room that you're talking about has a wonderful kind of faux bois carpet and the sofa's done in, in Fortuny. So, you know, there is a lot of play of pattern. And then there's, of course, you know, my signature things, which are silk velvet tiger and leopard pillows and a mix of Fortuny patterns. And, you know, the walls are in a, a, a beautiful strie velvet from Counton and the curtains. A, a sort of woven check, um, like a woven. So, you know, it's still layered. And then there are Benzies behind it sort of to give that organicness to it and collections of Japanese things and a Garadon, and, uh, you know, big pair of upholstered chairs and velvet. And there's still the layering, even though it's neutral, but it's a very, very cozy room. And it's about the daylight coming in and it's about nature being outside. So the decorating sort of changed a little bit for that. I also like that it's a variety, that it's not so colorful in that house and that the other house is colorful. I think it's fun that different houses that you live in have a different experience. So we encourage clients, you know, if the city's one way, do something a little different in the country or if, you know, House in the islands make it different from a house in the Hamptons. You know, don't try and have a variety of choices so it makes it more interesting and it also feels appropriate to the location that it's in. And Alex, I, I also just one thing that I noticed that I kind of feel from this space, and as I hear you talk about it, it it, it rings true. This is this is different. Where in your design in this space you are using the outdoors and nature to affect your design inside. Whereas in the city, you're not necessarily doing that because you, unless you're on Central Park, you don't really have any nature 
to to bring in in the city. And in this case, you really embrace the outdoors to to bring it in because you had the opportunity to do so. I think that's really cool. Right. And, and, and in that TV room, that back wall that you're looking out when the shades are up, you look into this sort of, you know, this beautiful hedged garden and and a sculpture at the end and grass and these beautiful trees that are cut like they are in the Tuileries gardens and 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 so and then the other side you're looking at you know our tennis court that's surrounded by arborvitae and then a big lawn on the, so yes nature is a different you're drawn to looking at nature and it's even beautiful like that room is beautiful in the winter when everything's covered with snow outside and you see just sort of all the shapes in white outside the window and it still looks beautiful with the kind of camel and white fortuny and that's why there is green plants on the interiors because it's it's bringing out the greenness in nature in in the spring and summer so yes it's it it is a, it's affected by i always say it's very important where what's the light in the house or or the apartment and where you're decorating and and, and how you feel about bringing the inside out or not alex listen this has been so much fun for me. I, I, I consider it a privilege. It is such a joy for me. It's one of my favorite well, thank things. Thank you, Josh. I have been so fun talking to you and and you're so good at this and you know you, you you have a great way of sort of bringing bringing things out in in people and I think that's wonderful. I think that's that that's an art in itself. You were kind to say that and you were also very generous with your time and I really it was great catching up with you. Thanks for the time today. Thank you so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Loved our chat. I always do. And truly appreciate the time. Thank you, Thermosol, Article, York Wall Coverings, and Franz Wigner for your partnership. You are incredible and remarkable partners and amazing allies for the trade. And for that, I thank you. And thank you for listening. Remember why you do what you do and that the business of design is about making better the lives of those we serve, right? Until next week, be well and take today first. Mm-hmm.